the 60th anniversary of the school being celebrated this weekend um, is an opportunity to be grateful to divine providence. Because yesterday, in both calendars, was the feast of St. John Bosco, who is not only my confirmation saint, but also the patron of so many educators and those who work with youth. As a young boy, his father died when John Bosco was only two years old. Seven years later, little Giovanni saw the first of the many dreams that would form his life and shape his vocation. The dream that came to him when he was nine years old consisted of this scene of boys across this huge field, and they were all playing, but not playing nicely. It was violent and vulgar, and blasphemies were flying out of their little mouths. And an older, noble gentleman approached little Giovanni in this dream and told him that he would need to quell them, not with blows, but with kindness and gentleness. And so this little boy, nine years old, unable to go to school until a few years later, was already educating his fellow youngsters. He would learn to juggle and then would offer shows, but the only people permitted to attend and watch his juggling were those who prayed the rosary with him beforehand. As a newly ordained priest, St. John Bosco was first assigned to work at a girls' boarding school called the Rifugio, or the Refuge, not, um, not for wealthy girls, but he soon found out that it was the abandoned boys of Torino who needed even greater attention. Turin would be the, that city in northwest Italy where the Industrial Revolution would hit particularly hard, and already society, family, and the church were unraveling already in the early 1800s. At first, he found a few boys whom he could house, and at first it didn't go well. The first two times he did so, they stole everything that he had, but he didn't quit. Eventually, it was dozens of boys with him, and as the numbers grew, so uh, to dwindled the number of places who were willing to host them, as they were kicked out of house after house after house because of the, uh, the scene of all these boys living under one roof. Eventually, it was hundreds of boys, and at a tight, it was 800 young men, homeless, orphaned, or simply kicked out of the house, who found their home with St. John Bosco. He called this little group the Oratory of St. Francis de Sales. In the meantime, St. John Bosco, whose work began first with girls, developed a religious community around Sister Maria Mazzarello, who would eventually found the Institute of Mary Help of Christians, co-founded by John Bosco. What gave success to their ministry, in addition to zeal for souls, in addition to the, to the Catholic faith, was their particular manner, which John Bosco dubbed the preventative system. He wrote about it late in life, and as many good things, he did it first. He did it for many decades. It was only... 11 years before he died, that he actually wrote a letter about it, a copy of it, or a copy of a portion of it, is in the the vestibule on your way out. And it detailed how those who are entrusted with the care of youth need to be with them. Very unlike a military setting where the head is distant and grim and is involved only when punishment needs to be meted out, the leaders of these boys needed to be with them all the time. 
the boys needed to be given full liberty to, quote, jump, run, and make as much noise as they please. Obviously, that was outside, not inside church. He was very stern with those who had care for the boys, insisting that they be gentle, that they never insult a boy, that they never correct a boy such that he would be embarrassed in front of his peers, and that they never strike one of these boys who aren't their natural children. This method became infectious, and it wasn't just later Saint Maria Mazzarello who adopted it, but there was a network of holy, holy apostles in Turin in the 19th century. St. John Bosco himself was taught by the very holy seminary professor, St. Joseph Cafasso, who also taught St. Giuseppe Cotolengo, who had found a hospital just a few blocks down the same road from where John Bosco set up his shop. And their friend, Blessed Giuseppe Alamano, who founded the Consulate of Missionaries, he was just a few blocks further down on the same road. There are some of us who have the great benefit of having a holy household that provides everything. St. Therese's parents will soon be canonized. Her sister's canonization process is just about to begin. Most of us need more than that. Most of us need a great deal of help, and, and, and society needs the Catholic Church to create institutions or to continue institutions that are worth keeping to provide for um, those who can't provide for themselves and to do so in a way that leads them closer to heaven. The other part of divine providence about this weekend being the opportunity to celebrate the 60th anniversary of the school when St. John Bosco is such a great patron of educators, is that he's also the great patron of fundraisers. He was prolific at raising money. And so in your bulletin on your way home, you'll find the insert for the Bishop's Lenten Appeal, which you probably haven't read yet. Please don't read it now. But what I'd encourage you to do is to direct your gaze, as my eyes usually lock on, to the pie chart. Although this year the pie chart is overlapping circles, different size and different colors. And when I see seminary education, 18%, I think St. Joseph Cafaso. When I see youth ministry, Catholic schools, religious education programs, I think St. John Bosco, St. Maria Mazzarello. When I see Catholic charities, refugee services, I think St. Joseph Cotolengo and his hospital. When I see evangelization efforts, I think Blessed Giuseppe Alamano. What I'd like you to do before next Sunday is to consider not just what things the bishop needs to do with our help, but also how it needs to be done. And so that next Sunday, when just before Mass, I'll bring out the pledge cards and and bring out my favorite golf pencils for you to use and to return. In addition to that pledge, we need to pledge that we pray, to pray that these apostolates are done well, that they're done in the manner that St. John Bosco did his work, At the end of his life, in a reading that's part of the Office of Readings, in his last will and testament, St. John Bosco finally summarized all of his his work and the way in which his work needed to continue. Speaking to his fellow Salesians, he said, My sons, 
In my long experience, very often I had to be convinced of this great truth. It is easier to become angry than to restrain oneself and to threaten a boy than to persuade him. Yes, indeed, it is more fitting to be persistent in punishing our own impatience and pride than to correct the boys. We must be firm but kind and be patient with them. Let us regard these boys over whom we have some authority as our own sons. Let us place ourselves in their service. Let us be ashamed to assume an attitude of superiority. Let us not rule over them except for the purpose of serving them better. This was the method that Jesus used with the apostles. He put up with their ignorance and roughness and even their infidelity. He treated sinners with a kindness and affection that caused some to be shocked, others to be scandalized, and still others to hope for God's mercy. And so he bade us to be gentle and humble of heart. They are our sons, and so in correcting their mistakes, we must lay aside all anger and restrain it so firmly that it is extinguished entirely. There must be no hostility in our minds, no contempt in our eyes, no insult on our lips. We must use mercy for the present and have hope for the future, as is fitting for true fathers who are eager for real correction and improvement. And so I entrusted you to St. John Bosco to pray to him. He faced the world... as the church was losing its influence on society, as Freemasonry with its headquarters in Turin was gaining ground, and the Waldensian heresy even sending assassins to try to kill St. John Bosco, he maintained not just his zeal and his faith, but his joy and his kindness. And when things seemed darkest, That's when God raises saints. So I hope and pray that with our help and also with our involvement to the degree possible, that the works of the bishop and the works of the diocese continue and that they be done by saints in a saintly way and that they result in many more saints. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit.